A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Zone Time, people. It's an all-dudes edition. I'm Julian. Tic-Tac-Tomar's here. Avery's here. And uh, Arun Srinivasan is tapping in uh, for Sam, who could not make it. How are you doing? Uh, Shout out to you, Arun, wearing the Boozy Fade tee. For those of you who know about Boozy Fade in Toronto, uh, a cultural institution, uh, so many great parties, so many great times. Uh, Thank you for repping Boozy Fade on the Zone Time podcast. You are appreciated, sir. Thank you. Happily, man. So good to be back with you guys. Deuce Rock also, but we do miss our colleague Sam. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's been so long since I've been back, and we have a lot to get after. We do have a lot to get after. Sam will um, be part of it. We'll, talk, we'll mention the Canucks out of nowhere, and after we'll just hear like Sam like screaming from, from Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so what that ringing, that's what that ringing in my ears was for like the last like five minutes before we started. Yeah, it has yep. to be that. Yeah, man. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully everyone's Super Bowl parties went well too. Yeah, um, they, they went well. I will, I will start off by saying yeah, yeah. that, um, yeah, I had like, a fun Super Bowl party, I guess, but um, I was the only person that actually watched ball there. So, man, I I reached out to Zoobs because I was like, man, shout I'm out to Zoobs. That's Yahoo Sports alum, the Zoobs alum, the mentor Zoobs, and I reached out to him and I was like, man. Like, I'm going to be the only person at this party who actually is interested in the game, you know. And he told me that's a gift and curse of knowing ball. Um, yeah, so it was good. Super Bowl party was good. I tried to make, like, Patrick Mahomes Sr. during the halftime show. And then everyone sprinted to go see Rihanna. And I quietly went about my business and watched an all-time great Super Bowl get spoiled by a bad call at the end. You got yeah. slick for that Patrick Mahomes Sr. reference. We know exactly what you were doing when you were trying to do that. Huh? Yeah, well, this is zone time. You ain't, for slick. Reason, you ain't slick for that. <laughs> I'm not slick for it. Well, I mean, you know, but you all, uh, whoever's listening and watching this podcast, you can Google Patrick Mahomes Sr. to understand what he means. You'll find a meme or three. Hey, word to Pat Sr., one time Empton Trapper. I did not know that. Yes, what he was. Two, I, I did not know that. Wow. Pitched eight games. Expo for a, it was an expo for a hot minute, too. There's a photo of him with an expo cap, too. Yep. And back no, and back no four. The Expo late team won the Impton Trappers in oh four. Mm-hmm. Yes, guys like Terminal Sledge were coming up from mm-hmm. there. Yeah, they all came to Edmonton. 
Okay, we've talked nothing but we have not talked a single second of hockey since we started this podcast. <laughs> um, we're recording this on Monday afternoon, or I guess more evening in the Eastern time. As of right now, um, Jacob Chikrin has not been traded, but uh, we know he's being held out for trade-related reasons and will not play at all this week until something happens. Playing in your life, have emotions, you ever heard man. of that? Playing, playing your emotions? emotions? What do you yes, mean? Dude. Yeah. What? What do you mean? Listen, Kay. Listen. He's all right? not going to the Leafs. I don't get I it. I know. I know that now. But like <laughs> before, like the the seventeen minutes when I thought it was happening, and they kept penning to Kyle, and Kyle was on his phone. I was like, "Yo, yo," because like that's 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 the talk. Like again, I I I don't want a defenseman. I I want a forward. However, comma is Jacob Chikrin. That'd be cool. And then, like, so I was just, like, waiting. Like, that was probably the most, like, anticipated 32 thoughts, like, intermission show, like, ever. I, I like, sat down, I glued, and then For I heard For Jacob Chikrin? Are you yes. kidding me? <laughs> yes. Oh, there are right. so many other intriguing yes. players the Leafs could go for. You're not, you're what, not if, what if they said something wrong. for Timo Meyer? Jacob Chikrin? Timo's the only guy that's more intriguing than Chikrin right now. Yes. If, yes. If, if we got Chikrin and not Meyer, I would have been okay. Ish. Yeah. Ish. But... Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't know like what's gonna happen now. Like there, it, it seems like all the reports are a little like contradicting because they're like there's some people who are saying like like X teams are in and then the other teams saying X teams aren't. But then we're hearing more information that this this team might be in or it might be this detail or that detail. So like they're gonna have like a documentary about about this. like and even now like I think I don't know if it's true or not, but like I read that like Arizona is considering like retaining salary on it, which. I don't know why. Like, it's only four and a half. Like, I don't know. Like, so they, there's there's so many get layers. Out of there? Yeah, there's so I mean, many layers to this. I think it has to be. But also, I don't think the Leafs are out of the mix. Like, I know Jeff Merrick had the report saying they're not in it. But until Chickering gets traded, like, I'm not, you know, taking any of the bait, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed like he was being in Los Angeles King. He isn't. You know, then Elliot Friedman reported today that uh, Brand Clark and Quinton Byfield are not going to be part of any Kings package for Chickering. So they're just like, what is smoke and mirror season? Like, I do believe the idea that the Kings, Bruins, Leafs, and Oilers are in the mix for Chikrin, but I wouldn't definitely rule the Leafs out. I mean, I don't have wait, any inside. Wait, 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 wait. Stop, 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 stop. What's Uh-oh. going on? What is this? What, what, what was the second team? The Kings, who in the Leafs? The Bruins, uh, Oilers, and Leafs. <laughs> I'm not trying to manifest them coming to the Bruins. <laughs> so far, in the, in what? In three weeks, Omar's had to deal with Bo- Horvat in Eastern Conference and possibly Jacob Chikrin now also in Eastern Conference. Omar stop, have stop making trades with the East. I'm trying to survive. I'm, trying I'm not to trying to make this happen. But... Vladimir Tarasenko's in the Eastern I wouldn't Conference be surprised, too now. Though. We didn't even mention him. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll mention him a little later on in the podcast. I should uh, mention we did kind of start off a little hastily, but uh, we're going to talk a lot about trades on this podcast and people who could be traded and guys who are already traded. And uh, we'll see uh, who uh, Omar does not want in his division. Which, by extension, I mean Arun is also a Leafs fan, technically, sort of. I don't wait. Actually, am I allowed to say that? I don't think I'm allowed to say that. Man, I I think I report on the team fairly and accurately. It's fine to call it fan. Like I, I'll write what I need to write critical team when I want to, but. Um, I also now feel bad because like that's that's you should I I don't I don't think you should be fans of teams you cover. I I'm think that's ridiculous. We're also not on the Walter Cronkite era of journalism, Julian. Yeah. I disagree. Like, come on. No, but like I'm in the Julian McKenzie era of my life and I want to be objective. <laughs> wow. the same. That's me. Here, that's here's, me. Here's, here's the thing though. Like what I'm when I'm in the press box, 
if I see like McDavid go one through five, I mean, you know, I'm oh, not come cheering. on. Like, we're all human. You know, like we yeah, all know that's crazy. I'm not, like, I'm not cheering, but I will buy most of my emotion. I will say, I'll oh, do like a, whoa, like a, yeah. what did you like, see that? Yeah. That, yeah. that is fine. That's okay. Like, but I'm not doing like a, yes, they won. No. Yeah. Well, well same Julian. Like you've seen me in the quiet. Yeah. You've seen me in the press box. I'm we have hung out in the press box. box. Yes. You know, Omar's like, the only person I haven't hung out in a press box with as far as like, I'm concerned. I, I, I'm silent. You know why? Because that's the only <laughs> way I can contain. I can't do it. I, I was in the press box. I was, in, oh, I, I, was, I was in the press box with the game where Michael Bunting sent the nastiest pass to Austin Matthews, and I almost broke a rib holding in the cheer. I was just like... <clears throat> and then James Myrtle, James Myrtle looked at me, and he's like, you okay? And I was like... <laughs> That was a good play. That was a good play. Shout out, shout out, Jay's, shout out, Jay's Myrtle one time. Um, okay, I I loved how this turned into a conversation about uh, objectivity in the press box. I completely forgot the topic I mentioned just before that. I am so sorry. <laughs> well, I think you're like to like Jacob Chicken, right? Like, of course, it's exciting for the Leafs and other teams. Like, how often does a 24 year old guy with two years of team control like hit the trade market? And not just be smoke and mirrors for him to be on the market for what six, seven months and counting. Like it just never happens. Like if you're not gonna draft them, um, you know, it's almost like this opportunity that would almost like never come up. Like the Leafs have developed Sandy and Lilligren finally, you know, but like this idea that like a guy that fits the core of their window, and I think we'll I'll talk about windows a lot too, especially we get later in the show, but like he fits the window of the core guys for the Leafs um and that is probably true of the oilers as well and i think that's why they're interesting and then the kings can do like different things with their timeline like they have a bunch of vets still from the holdover championship teams and they have a bunch of young guys too like which makes i think the kings and the devils to some degree the most fascinating players on this year's trade market in my opinion that's true by the way um shout out to uh scott wheeler friend uh colleague at the athletic who tweeted from uh the delivery room while his wife was giving birth that uh, brent clark will not be part of any trade involving jacob chikrin the uh prospect i just wanted to shout him out real quick and also well, like, it's really great that you guys yeah. have shouted out to uh, uh jacob chikrin the way that you guys have it's pretty exciting to see that defense of his caliber is there could you imagine if like a guy who was up for like a norris trophy who's like playing and still in like the twilight of his career was also available for trade as well. I mean, that's, 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 that's not, that's not something Leafs fans should get excited about at all. Absolutely not. No way. If that was actually happening, you know what I'm talking about, Avery? I have so what? many questions about that. Like, what are these questions, Omar? <laughs> yeah. What are these questions? Okay. Okay. So like... How about this? How about this? Let's, let's, let's segue from Jacob mm. Chikrin to uh, the Eric Carlson stuff for context, because Eric Carlson, yeah. uh, it looks as if the sharks and the Oilers have, Re- at least reignited in some fashion trade talks involving uh eric carlson uh yeah what were you about to say omar yeah so eric carlson being like a possible trade target like like has been like going on for a while like even before the the, the reassert the, the resurgence thing he's had he yeah. had his, uh, his amazing season and and i hear those things and i think about it and i sit on it and then I go to capfriendly.com and I look at his contract and I say, how? Because not only does he make 11 and a half this season, he makes it for four more seasons. So like if you're Edmonton, I, how? I don't, well, I don't know. Salary retention has to happen. 
for one for four years and how much are you retaining for four years i don't know man i don't know how that's likely why it is i thought, either, I, thought trick- I don't know how likely I it is trigger to the I thought Tricker to Edmonton made so much sense for both for both sides, but like Carlson, I he's having an incredible season. I get it; he's having an incredible season. But like for four years, I don't know, man. I think I think Ken, man. I don't know, Avery. I don't know. I don't know, man. Avery, man. Avery, tell, give us your read on this, brother, please. Well, first of all, this is a guy you need to make it to a Cup final. This is a guy you should be going after. But in this man salary, said need. 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 I, 110%. I put my foot in that. Put my foot in that saying need. No, <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Wow. Okay. Hey. It's a family show. You better keep your foot on the ground here. Now it turns into a thousand I said need. I said it with my whole foot. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus kingdom. When Lord come, have mercy. Oh. When anyway. it comes to salary. It's clear that you're going to probably have to get a third team involved to make it work. But my concern is Ken Holland and creativity, foul not found. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Ken Holland, not a GM, known for getting creative and figuring out oh, no. how that's going to work. It's true. He's not known as a GM. He isn't. Yeah. But I think <laughs> going back to Avery's point on need, like, yeah. And Julian, this this comes down to to, to one of the, one of your um on your on your in your plan template about like mm-hmm. do the Oilers need another puck moving defenseman? And I think the talk has been that like apparently the top players on Edmonton want a puck moving. That's defenseman what they want. Yes. Line. Yes. Now I look. Now I'm sorry if you're not a fancy stats person, but I looked at the numbers, and man, okay. So the only the only defenseman on on Edmonton. Who have like positive defensive results at five on five is the bottom pair. Wow. That's it. Jeez. Evan Bouchard and Philip Broberg. They're the only ones who have oh, okay. positive defensive in, in, impacts. Those are young the defensemen. Top four, exactly. The top four gets eaten alive. They're lucky that Jack Campbell has flipped the switch and he's actually getting positive results. Because to this day, the, the top four. Barry, um, CC, Kulak, who else? Who else is there? I'm, I'm blanking on it. Of course, it's it's needed, those, those yeah. main three. Darnell. Oh, oh yeah. right, yeah, Darnell. Darnell. We can't forget about They're Darnell. They're getting eaten alive at five on five. And even though, even though um Carlson puts up a lot of points, he also has like the best defensive impact on San Jose, like by far, like by far. It's not even close. It is not even close. So yes, there's the offense, but he's also a good, well, well-rounded player as well. So like, I understand like wanting Carlson for sure. Regardless of looking at the fancy stats, I understand wanting Carlson. To Avery's point, I just don't know how you pull it off. I, I, I really don't. Especially considering like the other financial things you have to do after this year. Like Dry Saddle's not making eight and a half forever, man. And at some point, you have to pay McDavid his money, even more. So. I, it makes sense for sure, and it definitely makes the team better. It skyrockets the trajectory. Like I, if Eric Carlson is on the Edmonton Oilers, that's a that's a disgusting power play. Like that's oh my god, offense. Oh my, like are you like are you kidding me? Like holy, but I don't know how they pull it off. I really don't. 
I mean, Omar, I'm glad you, you raised so many good points. I generally agree with you, but I think it invites even more questions. Like, wouldn't Philip Broberg be going back in any Carlson deal? Like, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. there's a exactly. bunch of prospects that they're going to want in that trade. Deal. There's probably draft picks in that too. Absolutely. This is not but, just like you're talking about salary. Like, what's funny is we've talked about Kendrick Holland, you know, like, hey, you know, be creative, like, put some players in this and forget about the year 2029, 20, 2030. Make a deal that's going to work for your guys now. A deal to get Eric Carlson, you're going to have to look at some of your best prospects and picks. Sorry to cut you guys mm-hmm. off, but like no, this no. is the opportunity and, for Ken Holland to and do I that. Generally yeah. agree with, I generally agree with Omar's analysis. I'm not necessarily as high on Carlson for his defensive impact. Like, yes, he's been the best defender on an abysmal Sharks defensive yeah. team. Well, he's <laughs> maybe the best. You know, it will give the Oilers, if Carlson goes to the Oilers, I guess my issue, I've been going back and forth with it. Like, does he fit their timeline? He's seven years older than Connor McDavid. He's six years older than Leon Dreisaitl. You know, that too, like, the sort of reductionist narrative around the Oilers is that they're Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Zach Hyman, and nine just guys. And getting a player of Carlson's impact, of course, increases their ceiling, but he is just one guy. Like, are you you going to play him 30 minutes a game? Are you still going to have – you're still going to have those same problems in the bottom four. Mm-hmm. You're still you're probably sending one of, if not both, Philip Broberg and Evan Bouchard back in a trade. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not necessarily worried about tomorrow. I'm generally of the opinion that tomorrow doesn't matter. Trade picks always, picks don't matter. But like that is a concern. So I think he, yeah, of course, like an air calls and trade makes sense to a degree, but like it's hard to pull off. You're going to trade back <laughs> a lot of, you know, a ton of draft capital. And again, like I'm so much of the opinion that like your core windows need to be aligned. Carlson's so much older than these dudes that you have, what, one or two years of contention at max? I don't know. Like, I don't know if it makes Edmonton notably better, as crazy as it sounds, about the guy that I would probably rank second in the Norris vote behind Adam Fox right now. So, yeah. I also would like to know those defensive numbers, too, with Eric Carlson, because as Arun makes the point, that is a pretty bad defensive Sharks team. And Eric Carlson, you know, as years has gone by, I mean, one thing that will stand out in his game, brilliant on offense he yep. will give up the puck a couple of times. That is mm-hmm. going to happen, especially if you play the type of game that he plays. Like Edmonton's yeah. shock raising numbers are going to be through the roof, but like they're also going to give up just everything if that happens. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. Avery, so, go ahead. But you know, if, if you're telling McDavid and Drysdale, hey, you'll win this year next year, and you might fall off after year three, I think they would take that. I think they would yeah. take Cubs right now if you fall off in year three. They would take that title right now. But in terms of trades, I don't think you can trade – um, you could I, I would rather, rather trade away um, Broberg than Bouchard. I think even Bouchard's ceiling is much higher right now than Philip Broberg. Broberg is a guy who will be elite or close to elite, I'd say, in three to four years. Bouchard right now is one of your best young defensemen. And good NHL teams don't trade away good young defensemen to be elite. The M2 Oilers have done that many times. Over and over and over again. They can't do it with Bouchard. They cannot do it. Yeah, again. but then how are you but getting to that, Carlson? Exactly. Then? To that okay. point, if I'm San Jose and I'm like, you want Carlson, that trade starts with Bouchard and it, it continues with your first round pick. Absolutely. That's a, at the very least, those two. And if the answer is no to any of them, then get yeah. someone yeah. else. Because at the yeah. end of the day, like, I mean, I get that the contract is what it is, <laughs> but they're, I, I, I can't imagine the Oilers are the only team that are kicking tires on Eric Carlson, a guy who is yeah. playing. In, in in this amazing season where he's on pace to hit over 100 yeah. points. And, and he will be on many a Norris Trophy ballot. And if the Edmonton Oilers want to make a serious run at this, I mean, we have to figure out the money thing, first of all, uh, if you're the Edmonton Oilers. Two, you're not going to be able to give up a crappy depth defenseman 
and and some scraps to get Eric Carlson. The San Jose Sharks and Mike Greer. Shout out Mike Greer, by the way. I was about uh, to say Mike Greer. And, uh, he has yeah. He has all Mike the Greer. leverage here. He has all the leverage he, he here. Does. He does not have to make this deal. He doesn't have to do he this deal not. at all. He no, doesn't he have doesn't. to do it at all. So, so you like, know what? Yeah. Yep. Oh, you go ahead, Omar. You finish. Your no, time. I was about to say. So like whatever trade it is, like it has to like it has to wow him. Ask if you like. Okay, yeah. This is some. This is a package that will make the team better long term. He's trying to build up. I try to get assets. He's gonna get assets from my from a Meyer deal. If there are other if there are other players all like all, on the on the team where you get moved, we'll get assets there. And yeah, yeah, maybe Carlson may not have, be on a hundred hundred point pace next year, but if he's at an eighty point pace next year or a seventy point uh, point uh, pace next year, it's one less year uh, one less year on the on the contract. And again, name recognition. Just this, just it's Eric Carlson. So like, Ken. Kenneth Kendrick Holland. If call he him a wants, lot of names on he, this podcast. Yeah, honestly. Like if, all respectful. You, <laughs> if, he, <laughs> if he wants 65 in Edmonton colors, man, like he can't hold back and he might have to give up the young defenseman who's probably who's had the best defensive impact on the blue line. And then if you're doing that, then he could yeah, also so just ruins point. Like, are you are are your are your windows lining up? Like are you actually like thinking clearly about where you are as, as a team or are you just bringing in a player because they sound cool? And you know, Edmonton did it last year with Evander Kane. It worked. So it worked. I wouldn't be, who knows? Hey, uh, Ken Holland could also just opt for a cheaper route and get a more stable defenseman. Like a name I bring up all the time, Joel Edmondson. <laughs> Man, you know that... what's Man, you know what's happening. Joel what's happening. Edmondson should be, if, 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 he's if, not a bad if, defenseman. That's a fireball offense in my opinion. That is not who you need in that back end. It's Eric Carlson or bust. Uh, in, in all fairness, though, <laughs> the reason why I won't completely laugh off the fire fireball offense notion is because it's out there now that the top players, and we know who the top players are at Edmonton, want yeah. a puck-moving defenseman. If mm-hmm. Ken Holland does not get a puck-moving defenseman, like, how do you feel if you're Connor McDavid and you're Leon Draisaitl? Immediately, the narrative will switch to, huh, did the Edmonton Oilers get the player that these top players wanted? And, like, if that's not the case, then everyone's going to look at Connor and Leon and be like, hmm, how are they going to sit with this when their contract expire in whatever year? that's what's going to happen. I know Avery's going to be on this podcast saying like they didn't get this player and Connor's going to leave in three years. Maybe not the last part. You know, anyway. I would just love for them to just go on record and be like, yo, make it happen or else. That'd be pretty Ooh. badass. You know, that would be a great follow <laughs> considering uh, the next topic I want to talk about here, considering how Patrick Kane basically just kind of let everybody know how disappointed he was that he wasn't a New York Ranger. That's wild, man. I've never, I've like, We've seen so many things this year in the league that like I've never seen before. I can't, I can't remember hearing something like that. Just like a like a player saying like, "Oh wow, well that kind of well, that's kind of unfortunate." That was the team I was hoping to go for. I'm like, <laughs> I, I've never heard that Patrick. before. I'm like, damn, man. Yeah, he's really handcuffing Kyle. For but me, I guess that, that's, what any, that's what anyone that's what any no move is. Davis sorry, is. sorry, my bad. Sorry, you said Kyle, and I was like, yeah. "Wait a minute, you had first name Dubis? What did <laughs> Davidson? Kyle Davidson. Davidson. Kyle Davidson. Yeah. Good lord! I was about to be like, mm. the Leafs aren't going for Patrick Kane. What is this? Yeah, as far as I, I know, so. no, sure, I don't think so. 
Um, you're yeah, not but... you're not in favor of Patrick Kane and the Leaf Scholars. No, I think no. there are better options. Yeah, and no. like Patrick Kane too. Like he doesn't necessarily like address any of the so-called Leafs flaws. Like I generally think this Leafs is pretty good. They could stand pat, and we get a little upset, but we get on. But like Patrick Kane, I know it sounds crazy. Like he would obviously be great on Leafs top six offensively. He's very negligent defensively. Like he doesn't. If the issue is that the Leafs aren't hard enough in the playoffs, he fixes none of that. Um, but getting back, I guess, to the original sort of aspect of the Kane Rangers part, like I found it fascinating because him and Vladimir Tarasenko are virtually the same player at this point of their careers. Like they both are still strong top six offensive talents that aren't as good as their name recognition would suggest. Uh, Tarasenko has the injuries. Patrick Kane has age-related decline. Neither of them play defense at all, like even remotely. Um, but <clears throat> still contributed to the scoring route. So I thought that was sort of funny that Kane had that reaction because I'm like, well, you're singling out a player who in profile is probably the closest player profile to you in the entire league. Like, will Kane's level market? Yes. I know we talked like outside of the show that Kane going to the Sabres would be a lot of fun. So he will still have a market. But, you know, for him to sort of complain about it, I very much read it as him looking at it and being like, well, they got the exact same guy as me. And it seems, uh, this could be conjecture, but um, from what I've read from the Athletics Range reporting, it seems like Tarasenko has like a great relationship with Artemi Panarin. Yeah. yeah. I think Kane also has a good relationship with Panarin dating back to the time of the Blackhawks. So that yeah. part hurt a little bit. Um, so it is sort of fascinating how this can play out. There's still going to be a market for Patrick Kane, but like Omar said, I've never in like the 25 plus years of just watching hockey heard a player sort of say, that's the destination I wanted to go to. They didn't make it happen because – it would be less shocking if he came out and been like, yo, these are the teams I want to go to. Or like, here are the teams I'll wave my take off before. But it's all sort of slowly come out like through the idea of, oh, of course the Western New York boy wants to go to Buffalo or the Rangers. But he never gave like a firm indication. And that sort of is what struck me as most fascinating about it. But uh, yeah, I don't know where Patrick Kane goes at this point. Buffalo will be fun. I just don't think they're seriously in the mix. But mm-hmm. I don't know, guys. Yeah, it's know. a bit of a tough thing with Patrick Kane, honestly. Uh, some people, some people also like to think that, uh, the fact that he hasn't been all that decisive about whether or not he wants to go or leave might've also hurt the opportunity for him to go to a team like the New York Rangers. And at this point, like, I wonder like who is on this list of teams that he would like to play for. Was it like a Rangers or bus situation? Does he stay in Chicago and just say, you know what, at the very least I can finish my contract as a Blackhawk. And depending on what I want to do after that, maybe I take a one-year deal somewhere else. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but the fact that he put himself out there to say like, hey, man, I'm surprised that that deal ended up happening uh, and, and basically admitted to everybody that he wanted, he would have loved to have been a blue shirt. Like, yeah, I, I wish I wish yeah. more players were forthcoming like that, uh, just to kind of add to the excitement that we would love to see for NHL trades as opposed to, you know, every year where it's like, all right, great. This guy got traded for a conditional fifth. Rejoice. Right. I mean, at this point, like, I I would love to know what Davidson's like thought process is here because it's like it's 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 similar to last year with, with Drew, but like different. Cause like mm-hmm. with Drew, we knew he only he only had two destinations. Well, actually, now people are saying like it was always it was always Florida or nothing. So like was was that Kane's was that Kane's scenario? Was it like Rangers or nothing? And it's not like it's not like Davidson gonna say, okay, well, I'm just gonna trade you anyway. Like he has a full no move. So like I wonder if I wonder if like different teams will be calling around March 3rd 
And then Davidson will say like, hey, well, here's like, I don't know, pff, random example, random example. Washington is offering this. What do you say? And then like every single answer is no. It's just like there, there was a time. Sorry, I have to make it about the Leafs. Where the Leafs wanted to trade Matt Sundin. And Matt Sundin. I remember that time. See, you know exactly what I'm to say. And Matt Sundin said no. No movement clause. And man, did the did the perception of him completely change? To this day, it still annoys me. I get it, but like to, to this day, it still annoys me. And like Chicago fans are all in on the Bedard battle. Like this year is nothing. It's about getting Suck as many as many assets Bedard. as possible, right? It's it's all about getting assets. And I wonder if it comes out like over the off season that like Team X offered like a first and like a B-level prospect and like this young, young player. And then Patrick came was like, nah. And then like, they ended up like just keeping him and he walked away in free agency and they got nothing for him. So like, I wonder if, I wonder if uh, the legacy conversation is happening, you know, just like how, you know, yes, yes. You know, you might want to like retire and, and finish your, finish your career or whatever as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks, but like, do you want the fans to like be upset about upset with you or whatever? I don't know. I, I feel like they have to do something because like, yes, Kane has not had a great year, but like Kane is still a player that can give you some value. Like to be honest, I thought he was going to go to Vegas. I still think that like that. Yeah, no one, no one's still I, entirely possible. I think, I think he's going, yeah, I think he's going to Vegas. I, I don't know. I don't know how, or if it takes place, but like the Mark Stone thing happening, I was like, ah, not, not, not going to match the defensive aspect and then no, in no way, shape or form. But like, I don't know. Vegas always seems to get to, to be in on these situations. So, or hey, maybe Edmonton does it. Ha, that'd be funny. Ha, that'd be funny. You have two canes. It's Kane. <laughs> yeah, it's Kane. Which one? Oh, right. Oh, um, Kane. <laughs> the, the two of them. Yeah. Imagine March third comes and goes, and neither Kane or Taylor traded away. Imagine neither guy gets. That is March such 3rd. a failure on the part of the Blackhawks. That happens. But here's, I think. But if you ask me that in like October, I'd say no, that's nuts. Like they'll like they'll get something for them. But but man, if they're like this like this specific about where they want to go, and again, it's in their right. They they got their no movement clause, which isn't a no movement clause. No movement clause is if you trade me, I get to pick where I want to go. If like full power to them, that's their right, man. But, but damn, that looks tough, man. Because like. Taze as well. Like we haven't talked about Taze yet, but like nope. Taze is a player. I know I can see a lot of teams being in on. And imagine he just nixes every single one of those trades. Like that sucks. That sucks for the organization there as far as on that, as far as I'm, um, you know, asset management. There's yeah. Like because players. like, no disrespect, but like those, I mean, yes, those two players mean a lot to that organization and they uh, have won and have achieved a lot of success with them, strictly speaking on the ice. But if you're Kyle Davidson and you are going through your efforts to try to, you know, tank, let's let's call it a spade a spade. They're trying to tank. They're trying to get assets, and you can't get anything for sorry, these guys. Sorry, sorry, Gary. Sorry, Gary Bettman. Oh, what? Oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry Gary. Yeah, sorry, yeah. We sorry. right. Nobody, nobody tanks in the NHL. No, no, yeah, nobody sorry tanks. Nobody tanks. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> but like, if you let these two like stay as Blackhawks, like. Fine, you know, fans will get around to the pageantry and they'll get to say goodbye and all that. But at the same time, Kyle Davidson must, would be in the back of his mind being like like grumbling because like, oh, I could have gotten assets for these guys to assist with this rebuild instead of just letting their contracts expire and whatever. 
Like, you don't want that. You want at least something for these mm-hmm. guys. I mean, I can understand if, like, one guy says, no, I really want to stay, and you at least let the other guy go, and you get something for it. it, it maybe selfish is the wrong word, but, like, I don't know. I feel like if you really care about your, your organization, you really want to see them do better, do you offer yourself up to to get yourself moved at the same time? You know, you probably care about your state. You These are family people, too. And that's also something that has to be considered. So that's why selfish wouldn't be the right word. But I think if you're you're for coming from the organizational standpoint where you want your retool to be as effective as possible, I mean, in an ideal word world, I need at least one of those guys need to move on. Yeah. For something. When I was looking at it, it does seem like Tames is more amenable to moving, right? Like he did yeah. say the effect of like, you know, I have to consider it, right? Like last summer. I don't know exactly what he said, but to paraphrase, he said something to the effect of like, wouldn't surprise me if I got moved. You know, we had some great years here. Clearly, we're not going in the same direction, right? That happened after the, the Brinkett trade, if I'm not mistaken. Like, he said something to the effect of, like, what, what the hell is this? Okay, I guess time time's up. That, too, and I think there's a difference in player profile, too, right? Like, some a lot of people pointed out that Jonathan Taves has been arguably the best faceoff man in the league this year. Like, is he still, like, you know, driving offense at the same rate he was a few years ago? No, is he still like a perennial Selkie candidate? No, but like he still does a lot of things well. You could, in theory, play him on the wing. That's not maybe the best use of his talents, but like you could, because you're, you know, because it's sort of accepted that Jonathan Taves is not going to command nearly the same return as Patrick Kane, he'll probably have a lot more suitors. Like I think if one of the two guys can get moved, it'll be Taves. And to like Omar's point, they're using the Sundin parable, which again, I'm still infuriated with the segment of the Leafs fan base that treated Matt's like that. Like, mm-hmm. slightly different, I think, just in the sense that Patrick Kane is probably the best player in Blackhawks history and won three cups there. Like, so I don't think it's, like, you know, we could talk about the, you know, the concurrent scandals they had and whatnot, but, like, from an on-ice perspective, he's the best player in franchise history. Like, I don't think the fans are going to give him a hard time if even, even if he came out and asked for a move. Like, you know, I think for Kane, it probably was Rangers a bust. I think he definitely wanted to stay in a big market. Not that he was the type of guy to, like, sort of celebrate big market stats to begin with, but there's a quality of life that comes with coming in a, you know, major American city, and he probably wanted that. Taves doesn't seem to care much about that at all. Like, just play hockey and let's win a cup and keep it moving. But that I think those are sort of the distinct differences to me. And then, yeah, like, I don't know what else the Blackhawks do. Like, Jake McKay might be on the move. Max Domi might be on the move. I don't know what Max Domi would get back in a trade. Like, he's one of the two guys I don't want the Leafs to get, along with John Klimberg. Those are the two guys that would make me pull the rest of my hair out. But <laughs> it seems like the the Blackhawks, like, have a lot of different ways to recoup value. Um, and I think they're more likely to, to get out of, like, tapes. Like, I, at the start of the year for the Yahoo Sports HL preview, I wrote that Kane was in Chicago – because the asking price would be too much. And now that the fact that he has these hurt feelings with the Rangers, that seems to be coming into play again. I don't know. I don't know, man. Between uh, EK65, Eric Carlson, uh, Patrick Kane, Timo Meyer, uh, I'm trying to think of some other names. Is there who, Which name are you looking forward to seeing get moved ahead Meyer. of the deadline? Holy like, RV, man. Pulley RV. Yes, he pulley RV. Give him a new start. I'm so I'm 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 so sick. I'm so sick of how he's talked about in Edmonton, like amongst like amongst like specific like Edmonton media members. I'm so sick of it. Give give the man a fresh start somewhere. I don't care where it is, and I hope he just I hope he just has an opportunity has an actual opportunity to like restart and have like close to the career that we expected. Like there was a time. 
where like amongst European players in that draft, like it was like I think Pooley Garvey was at a time projected to go second overall. And then like line A picked it up with his goal scoring, but like like that World Juniors, like Pooley Garvey snapped, man. And then like when he fell to fourth and like Edmonton got him, like it seemed like wow, like Edmonton locked out in another like high scoring, like elite prospect. And it just hasn't gone well. So like, yeah, Avery, you could probably talk about this more, but like I I I really hope that yeah, Pooley Garvey gets a gets a gets a start somewhere and that Edmonton can actually get value for him and they don't just lose him on waivers. Yeah, if they lose if they lose him on waivers for nothing, that's that's a shame. Like there's there's an alternate timeline somewhere where this franchise knew what to do with him from day one. If you remember with Pooley Garvey, he was going up and down, up and down. Like, what are you doing? Like he's like keeping back to the club, like it was it was so bad. Pierce Relly didn't know what to do with the kid. He went back to Finland for a year, wanted trade originally. He was brought back, and it appeared like it was working well. But even with the glimpse of Jesse playing really well. This franchise doesn't know what to do with Pugliarvi. It's upsetting because if he was in an organization with management that knew what to do with him from day one, this wouldn't have been an issue. It would not have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a shame. But uh, that's surprising. I thought with all the names out there, like a Meyer or potentially a Ryan O'Reilly, Yessi Pugliarvi is the guy we want to see move the most. Yeah, just but also, personal But level. also, the re- yeah, the reasons do make sense. Yeah. Uh, Avery, do you share that too? Or you didn't mention a name off the top, but is Pulley Arvey the guy you want to see move for real? Oh, uh, you know, I it, it's tough because you know, I I I do want to see him see the MC as someone who could revive his career, but it appears like he is gonna get moved. He is, will get moved. But I would like to see him get moved and not move and, and not move on waivers. Because if he's lost on waivers, that is once again another Oilers unforced error. It's going back from him. Don't let him go for nothing. You cannot lose him for nothing. Even picks, like, at this point in time, just even get picked back for him. Losing him for a zero would be very embarrassing, I feel. Avery, when you're in the media room uh, for yeah. pre-game uh, dinners and all that, and Ken Holland sits uh, among you guys, do you get to go to him and be like, hey, please get something for Yessi Pugliarvi? You know? <laughs> you ever got to eat with Ken Holland? I will refrain my comments there on that because, well, you know, I, I oh, won't get into it. Oh, okay, sorry. I won't okay. get into my com- I won't get into that. <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like a group DM conversation. Zone <laughs> <laughs> cut episode. Oh boy, like a like a, a zone see, time after dark. Yeah, see, that's another reason I couldn't be in media. See, Avery's better better than me. Now, if I if I was part of the least media, like like all the time, and Kyle J Dubis walked in. I would like jump over the table. I'm like, what are you doing, Kyle? What are you doing, Kyle? <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You have Your to restrain you from Kyle Dubas. Check, check the phone, Kyle. Like, oh just like every God. every sentence with, with Kyle. What's the deal, Kyle? No one, no one. Timo Meyer, anyone? Kyle? No Can one? you imagine yeah. if 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 Omar was at uh, the lease facility today and he went to Kyle Dubas and he was like, "Don't read Damian Cox's articles today." Please don't, don't do, do, don't do that. It, Kyle. But you know what you should read, Kyle? You know what you should read? You should read up on Timo Meyer's numbers. You know what I'm saying? You know what? You know what? Huh? 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 Let's, let's, let's go through Let's go through the organization. Look. Okay, so we have a first. We have a second. We don't need that. Just like, hey, okay. You know what? This is what we're going to do. We're going to call San Jose right now. Here. Here. I'll, I'll literally like dial the number. Hey, Greer, how's it going, man? How's it going? You're, okay, you're black. I'm black. Hey, awesome. This is what we're going to do. Oh, my you're God. Gonna, you're going to give us Meyer. You're going to give us Meyer. And then we're going to give you Kyle. What? Well, okay. Hey, we're going to give you a first. Matthew Nyes and and, and Rasmus Sandin. 
No? Okay. And then just like, just like, keep, keep, I, I will run, I will handle. Love PCR. Is that how you think trade calls go or I, yes. trade negotiations yes. work? In my mind, that that's how they go. They just, they just, they call and then they just like, someone does like a little check. They, they put them on hold. They walk around and stuff. They walk back. It's all tense. And then, you know, the trade gets done. They say, yes, awesome. They put it through the league. And then, you know what? They make the phone call. Hey, Meyer, you're on, uh, you're on the Toronto Maple Leafs now. Well, your mission is to help us not lose in the first round. And they'll say, cool, awesome, sweet. And then four months later, it happens anyway. And you're like, okay, well, that was fun. And he says, yep, that's awesome. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> you got to cut that clip right there. <laughs> yeah, that's a clip. That's a clip right there. I'm, I'm dying to visual Omar clip my group. Yo, yeah. I'm black, you're black. Let's work it out. Let's work it out. Like, you, come on, right, right, right. Let's work something out. Let's work something out here. What if Timo Meyer goes to Carolina? That would be fun. Uh, I think Meyer's more likely to go to New Jersey than Carolina. Uh, yeah, New Jersey. Uh, I forgot about New Jersey. They're actually in on it. I think, I think New Jersey is going to be the most fun team at this deadline. Like, just uh, with a combination of prospects they're going to throw back. I wrote earlier this year that they're the most fun team in the league. Like, out yeah. of the teams I've seen up close and personal. They are far and away the most fun. And them and Boston are only two teams that have a distinct system where they send two guys in on four track, have a third guy hanging back, and do it every shift. Like, those are two things that stand out. But, uh, yeah, like, I think if Timo Meyer were to go to Carolina, it would almost feel like a cheat code. Like, Carolina is the best position, shot creation team in the league. Jacob Slavin is far and away the best defensive defenseman in the league this year. Like, it's just like yeah. that pairing with him and Brent Burns is unstoppable. Their three-man goalie rotations worked out really well. It, they would be on paper by far the favorite. And I guess New Jersey would be too if they got Timo Meyer too. But I think New Jersey holds all the cards of the deadline. Like, they could, if they really want to trade Simone Nemich for someone, like, they could, you know what I mean? They could, they could trade a former, a, a recent number two overall pick as draft capital and not be materially hurt by it. Like, it's yeah. just, so they have all the cards. Uh, you know, I obviously want Meyer to go to the Maple Leafs, but the one guy we haven't named as a guy, like I want Vlasov Gavrikov too. He's probably my number two target for the Leafs. Yeah. Mm. He hits like a truck. He, we talked about, I mean, obviously he's not Eric Carlson, but the one thing is like, he's also been the best defender on a terrible team defensively that just falls apart when he's on the ice, you know, him having like a lesser workload. I don't want the Leafs to trade Rasmus Sandin for anyone, but if they can trade, you know, one of Nyes or Robertson for Vladislav Gabrikov. I'm all the way here for it. Um, but, like, if it's not the Leafs, too, like, I would want him to move as well. It'll help the Blue Jackets tank command for sure. Um, and he's a guy, too. Like, a lot of people are trying to figure out his game, like, anecdotally because in that home-and-home home against the Leafs, like, he was awful in the first game, and he was much better in the second one. And this year, he's generally been, like, pretty damn good on a terrible team. So, for... Those two reasons, I definitely want to see him moved as well. And I think he is probably one of the guys more likely to be moved. Like, I think a lot of big names we've talked about today, you know, they're just inherent challenges in trading them, whether it's salary or meeting a team's timeline or whatever the case may be. But he seems like a guy that should be pretty easy to move if a team's interested enough and is a good enough player uh, to do so. Anyway. Uh, yeah. And, I'm also uh, interested to see where Ryan O'Reilly goes. Yeah, that's like just out of curiosity. I'm just that's interested to see like where, yeah, like where he goes and what his impact is because like like we talked about it last week. Like I'm a little apprehensive about it. Like even though he, I don't know if he's been like formally linked to the Leafs, but he's just been a hey, that would be cool. Um, name, but like you know, coming off an injury is interesting as well. Mm -hmm. But like 
I'm I'm interested to see like what team goes uh goes for him and what the actual cost is gonna be. Like I, I think I think we've moved past the the Bull Horvat trade is gonna be the template. I, yeah. I don't think that anymore. And I think I think now that as we get closer and closer to the, to the deadline, like as this recording, we're two weeks away. I think I think we're gonna start seeing a lot of those like holy crap packages um for teams and not not, not even from a buying stuff from a buying sense of like, you know, this is a team that really wants to like add to the deadline, but from a sense of like selling teams who want to get like as many like picks as possible, like again, that's it sucks for Chicago because like they have two first and two seconds if if they could get like another one, like another first and another second, have six picks to pick in the first two rounds and a draft like this, like pfft, you're set. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. And you mentioned that the trade deadline now. Will March 3rd actually be interesting or will it be another six hours of, oh, here's one or two trades and then three hours of just dead silence? <laughs> here are some trades that happened like a month ago. Or here are trades yeah, that happened no, like two, three days ago. No, kidding. that's something that's happened a lot in recent years. Well, that's 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 Gary's league, man. Like, and and he's he Gary Bettman has ruined the trade. Gary Bettman's ruined a lot of things, a lot. Okay, like again, I watched the Super Bowl and I thought I thought of Gary that I thought of Gary Bettman because like, oh my god, oh, really a controversial right, uh, uh, officiating call in a championship game, Gary. Anyway, so um, like, but like, like, yeah, like the, the deals that you that like teams just can't make deals. That's why poor Kendrick can't do anything because you have to be creative. You have to manipulate the cap, and not every team can do that. It's it's just it's difficult. So like, as funny as it is, like when you when you make fun of like Holden, like it it literally that that's the nature of the NHL right now. Like the salary cap is so freaking tight. Like there are so many teams who are using actively using long-term injured reserve to stay below the salary cap ceiling because they can't make a move. They need to get, to get third teams in. They have to retain salary. Like it, it's so difficult. So yeah, like there's a time where you used to skip school on trade deadline day, man. I used to be like, Oh, Oh my God, I'm sick. And then just like, you skip school. You couldn't I, just be like everybody I, else and sit in your university class and have the stream on. I don't know. <laughs> because you know, I I wanted to be, because I wanted to be fully engaged, and also you can't scream "Let's go" out loud in electric class. You'll be stared at. Also, I did that once. Also, this history: a Jamaican man thinks he skipped school. That's history. Yo, and yeah, lived until the tale. No, 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 no. <laughs> he, 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 he admitted. He admitted it on wax, <laughs> knowing that maybe his parents might see this. Sorry, mom. Retribution. if any of you guys ever skipped school for trade deadline day i've skipped school for march madness i've skipped school for toronto blue jays opening day i've skipped school for canadian uh, olympic games like uh, both men and women's hockey um those are ones that really stand out to me the march madness one i had no excuse but steph curry (laughs) was on a heater for davidson and yeah. <laughs> skipped school to watch Steph Curry at Davidson. Yeah, that's wild. Why is it wild? We all love sports here. I we? love sports too, but like, I damn, like really. I never skipped school, but I admit I was that kid during March Madness, going on like my P two P, trying to find sketchy streams to watch Davidson play. <laughs> that was me. Actually, you know what? Now that I remember it, the first time I ever skipped class, I went to a friend's house 
to watch uh, an NFL Thanksgiving game. And the friend of mine was American. And he was having friends over for American Thanksgiving, mm. American living in Montreal. And we watched football. There That's at least like cool. Like it was like a theme yeah. thing. The trade deadline is on a theme. <laughs> listen, man, listen, okay. Depends on what there gets are, moved. There, there are moments, there are moments that you just, that you just need, you need to be there for, right? Everyone, everyone remembers where they were for when this, the, you know what, this happened over the summer. The, um, the, the Stamkos, Subban, Weber thing. Yes, everyone remember, I know everyone, exactly everyone, where I was. Right? Yes. Everyone remembers yes. where they were. And sometimes you just want to, you want to be there in the moment when, Though when that moment happens and you see the notification and Timo Myers and Toronto, wait a minute, and you're like, oh my god, I have a question. I have a question. Omar and Arun can answer this best. Uh, What Leafs trade at the deadline do you like remember vividly the most? Like what sticks out in your brain? Uh, I remember the Leafs acquiring Thomas Buchanan because I was so confused. I was like, why, why, (laughs) why? All so, these deals. That was so weird. No, the honestly, I honestly got that that one, that one to this day. I've never been so confused about a hockey trade in my entire life. That was, was a like, really weird trade. Seeing Placanit in, in a Leafs jersey was really Oh, weird. that was so weird, man. Oh was my god. Was still there too as GM? That was a loose job. Yeah, that was a loose So deal. we had to that like was... shave like the goatee. Oh, yep. yeah. That was the era where uh Lou didn't care about our second round picks. Montreal, there you go. Like I, I literally Tampa. <laughs> There you go for um uh oh my gosh for Ryan Boyd I think it was, but yeah yeah that deal was weird, that deal was weird the David Clarkson deal I thought was fake, cause I didn't believe it and I looked at the details and I was like oh so they trade for a player who will never play, so they put him on LT and that's when I got introduced to LTIR and and now in Roby years later everyone does it yes and now everyone's doing it. Good times. Yeah. yeah. There's two that stand out for me. One, I mean, this wasn't technically deadline, but when uh, when Leafs got Dion Phaneuf at the end of January 2010. Oh, boo. Boo. Yeah, I know, but like, it whoa, was like... Whoa, if, whoa, whoa, whoa. NHL 09 cover athlete Dion, Dion Phaneuf? Phaneuf? Yeah. You're booing Dion What's wrong with Dion Nicholas? Because Nicholas Hagman was included in the trade, and I liked Hank Hagman. He was gone. And I was like, See, oh. I was, yeah, like Saga Man Matt Station got traded on that deal. Saga so, Man Matt Station. Yo, uh, he's from my, my hometown. What would you want me to say? Uh, yo. But also, like, Dion Phaneuf at the time, like, there wasn't really a whole lot known about him. It was like, well, he's this great young player from Calgary. And really, I remember from just being 21 in undergrad and all my friends yelling out the wham bam, it's a double Dion. Just not, <laughs> not so Shout out Pierre Bouguard. Yes. Yeah. So and then um like this is count I'm I'm looking it up to see if this was actual deadline or not, but uh, yeah, it was a deadline when the league when the Leafs got Brian Leach because huh. we were like yeah we were like holy shit it's Brian Leach, um and obviously you knew like he wasn't and then Brian Leach's first game he had like what like four points and then a bunch of people were like trying to extrapolating his numbers like if Brian Leach keeps it up you'll be at this like eighty point pace for the playoffs which is obviously ridiculous. <laughs> um, but those are the two ones that definitely stand out to me for sure. Mm-hmm. Good times. Um, Avery, when you were an Oilers fan, was there a trade that stood out to you? Uh, a deadline day deal? Ooh. I'm not sure really a deadline day deal. I think the big one was bringing Patrick Maroon. He was a big addition for that team. Mm-hmm. And probably one of the last times they really, really, really won a deadline day deal. But in <laughs> terms of in terms of like trades in general, 
I remember in, in it wasn't deadline day, but I remember being 13 years old, sorry, 12 years old, and seeing the notification of um, Eric Brewer to the Blues for Chris Pronger. I was like, what? Yeah. 12-year-old me. 12-year-old me seeing Chris Pronger. Edmonton, that was, that was, blew my mind that you would ever, that it was ever possible. It was only for one year. But man, that one year of Pronger in Edmonton, that was a heck of a season. Uh, man, uh, for me, when I was still a Canadians fan, it was the year uh, Thomas Vanek got traded. I like, was, was literally, vi- I literally in it my was head like was the very Vanek last sure. like major 100%. trade that year, yeah. and I was like interning for for TSN station at the time, and like as I was leaving, as my shift was done, the trade was done, and yep. like I think a lot of people knew that he wasn't going to stay because he wanted to go to Minnesota in the off season. And that didn't really work out for him in the end. But like, it was cool that like he was supposedly supposed to be like the big fish of that trade deadline, and the Canadians got him. And he, yeah. eh, the return was kind of. I mean, the 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 returns with him were mixed, but the Canadians got him. It only cost them like a draft pick and Sebastian Kohlberg, I think. Yeah, something like that. Good yeah. Times. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, there will be a a trade deadline to come in March, and there will be new memories for another generation of uh, fans uh, who have not become media members like us yet uh, to uh, (laughs) – well, sorry, Omar, (laughs) notwithstanding. There will be new memories for those people when it comes time for March uh, and whatever the trade deadline poses for that day. Uh, Unless there's anything else we want to bring up on this week's show, I think that's going to do it. Uh, for this week's edition of Zone Time. Uh, Arun, thank you again for tapping in. For Sam, we really appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Always a pleasure. Best show in the business. 50% of these Obviously. fans. Woo! Yeah, oh, go. my goodness. Thank you, Omar. Thank you, Avery. <laughs> uh, thank you to everyone who watched or listened to this episode. Subscribe to the podcast, however you consume podcasts. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Peace. <laughs>